you know, it's, it's funny. Um, when, when I first started collecting, um, I got some very good advice from very, very good collectors here in LA who were kind of mentors. And they, one of the things they said was, you know, collect in your generation, because that's who you're going to really understand the most. So what's happened as I've grown is that, uh, the art that I can really understand and speaks to me is, you know, artists who are more in mid career. So I love going to see the young artists and, you know, um, seeing what's going on. But I have to be honest, like my eye isn't there because they're 20 years younger than me. Welcome to the Artelligence podcast. Live arts look behind the scenes at how the global art market really works. I'm your host, Marion Maniker. This podcast is brought to you by Live Art, the global art marketplace that puts you in control. Download the Live Art app to get all of the most relevant art market information, as well as access to exclusive private sales. Or visit us at liveart.io. Sonia Roth has been a prominent Los Angeles collector for two decades. Originally a criminal prosecutor, she was an early champion of the current generation of emerging artists and collectors, and played an important role in the growth of LA's contemporary art scene. Since 2015, Roth has led Christie's Los Angeles office, which moved to an expanded Beverly Hills location two years later. Roth is now the managing director for Christie's Western U.S. region, leading the firm's growth strategy by focusing on client engagement and strategic business development. With Freeze Los Angeles opening today, we thought this would be a great time to hear more from her. The reason I wanted to talk to you, well, there are multiple reasons, uh, but you know, one of the big issues that I feel like is undercovered in the art world, uh, though everyone seems to agree to it, uh, is the signal importance of Los Angeles as an art center today. Of course, and yeah. And you seem to me a person who has been, you know, since the Big Bang, you know, you've been uh, doing this for 20 years. Um, uh, Thanks for dating me, but yes, it's true. <laughs> and, and, so I, and, and a big part of your job running Christie's yeah. in uh, Los Angeles is to be very well connected to the collectors and the artists in town and get a sense of what's unique about the Los Angeles culture. And so, sure. I mean, maybe that's the best place to start. Is is there something unique about Lo Los Angeles in terms of the art world? And if so, can you describe it for us? Sure. Um, Los Angeles is, is certainly very unique and, and um, original, you know, I would say. And even as you were saying, I was just listening, um, you know, Certainly for my job, it, you know, it, it is a lot of, you know, being connected to the different collectors and the, and the art world out here. But the reality is, is I have this job because of the art world that was out here and being a part of it. You know, there, like you said, about 20 years ago, I'd say there was a real surgence of the arts here in, in L.A. And it started out kind of slowly and then it really snowballed and picked up. And um, it started really with the artists. You know, the art schools were really, you know, um, churning out great 
young artists um, and uh, they had space and a community in which to work. And I think that was very different from, say, other art centers like New York or London or, you know, other parts of the world where, you know, it wasn't easy to get space. It was very competitive, you know, and uh, maybe part of our laissez-faire attitude here in L.A., you know, it just really allowed this community to blossom, you know, the artistic community. And um, it was different. And I think it was different because it was not answering to any kind of demand or commerciality at that point. You know, it was really just, you know, artists being very uh, uh, self-motivated uh, and creating art. And that's always the best. And so I think what happened is, is as the artists proliferated, there were very, very few galleries, um, less than I can count on one hand. And it just, you know, started this great interest, you know, in arts. And of course, we've had, you know, some very established, longstanding collectors, you know, the Broads and, you know, for, for a very long time. But this art scene that you're talking about that we see today uh, really began around that time. And, um, you know, the artists were doing really interesting things. And I think that that was bringing a lot of attention from outside of Los Angeles, you know, whether it was from collectors or other artists, um, institutions. And that's another point. At that time, the institutions really started to hunker down and blossom and the programming and, you know, just the communities just started to grow from there. And it really fed off each other. And the difference between, I think, the, the collectors that came around during that time period, which I, of course, am one of them, is that you felt really close to the art. And it was it was so much more than um, buying something that you thought was interesting and that people really liked to put on your walls. It was really having kind of a piece of your community and, you know, this, this life that you were living, you know, I mean, I just remember in the beginning spending, you know, all our free time in artist studios and the galleries and seeing shows and, you know, with the institutions and it was a life and it was a beautiful life, you know, based on things that are um, really mm -hmm. moving. Yeah. The best of it, right? I mean, that's really at the base why people uh, should and do collect art. And so I think that spurred on a community here in L.A. that really got to be experience that. And it is beautiful. And so um, they were really kind of collecting on, on that sense. And then, of course, you know, as it grew, uh, the number of artists grew, the number of galleries grew, the number of collectors grew. And we kind of find out, you know, find ourselves where we are here today. And but I will say that I think that thread really still uh, rings true with the collectors in L.A. There is less of a look at, at the commerciality of it and more about, you know, the artist practice. The artists are more accessible in Los Angeles or became accessible in a way that they certainly hadn't been in Los Angeles and maybe not necessarily uh, are in other cities uh, at all. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. It's very true. I, I think that um, one thing about the the artists in LA is that you know they're at all the openings, regardless if it's if it's their their own or not. There is a wonderful community and a supportiveness, you know, in it, collaborative. And um, you know, I just remember at the time, you know, if I wanted to go see an artist, you know, that lived and worked in New York or, or London, I'd have to go through the gallery or whoever it is that was kind of dealing with them. Whereas here, it was really different. You you know, you could just call the artist or, you know, you'd see the mound. they say, oh, you should come by and see the studio. I'd really love to show it to you. And it just felt a lot more accessible and, and personal. And that's a driving force for a lot of collectors. I mean, uh, you know, we, we, we sort of talk about the art market, but we forget that for many collectors, you know, uh, having access to the artist, uh, uh, buying or collecting along with their career, you know, 
collecting deep, as they say, say is yeah. one of the satisfactions of, of being a collector. It is. It actually makes you uh, vested in, in the artist. You know, you really have that kind of connection. And then, you know, to be a supporter of an artist from the time when they're, you know, really starting out in the beginning of their career and carrying them through their mid-career. And, and, and through, I mean, that's really very, very, uh, it's, it's a lot of satisfaction for a, a collector. You know, to see the artists that they love grow, and so you're you're also saying that Cal Arts was sort of the the seed of this. Like when Cal Arts became so very important, uh, I don't know, oh, 20, 30 years ago, that it created a generation <laughs> of artists who stayed in Los Angeles, and as their careers uh, grew, that it helped germinate a much bigger. Uh, collecting uh, uh, environment in Los Angeles. Yeah, I do think it was a really interesting Cal Arts for sure. And then there was this one show uh, at MoCA called Helter Skelter. I don't know if you remember it, but it was kind of a at the time a street art show. It had like Mike Kelly in it and Raymond Pettibone and all of these kind of artists that were living and working in LA that were probably not very well known outside of LA. That show like really kind of changed the face of how artists were living and working kind of going forward and um, I still look through the catalog and it's it's really amazing and Paul Schimmel did that show early on at, at, at MoCA and um, I think that you know that's really coming out of the Cal Arts School and then moving forward but you know even you know Art Center and uh, UCLA and they, they really started you know proliferating you know great artists. No and and with the um, uh, the broad show of uh, uh, Pacific Standard Time and Made in L.A., there is a big emphasis today, at least, and it's been going on for a while, but uh, on showing local artists in a serious and sustained way so that there, there are these big shows focusing on the, the new talent in, in the area, you know, on a recurring basis. Yeah, the Hammer's been really great with that with Made in LA. Um, they do it, I think, bi biannually, and uh, it is really focused on kind of what's happening here. And I've often found just from a personal level, you know, when you um, see an artist that other artists are really supportive of, that's an artist to look at, you know. Their eyes are better than ours sometimes, right? <laughs> an artist's artist, as it were. Yes. So, you know, Los Angeles is also... Uh, it for, for many years was a company town and the entertainment industry still is, you know, a, a dominant force in, uh, I'm assuming the economy, but also the culture of, uh, of the city. And there were always people in the entertainment industry who were art collectors. Jack Steinberg, I think is the name, was a manager and Vincent Price and uh, Edward G. Robinson uh, up to Mike yes. Ovitz. I mean, you know, there are significant people yeah. from the entertainment industry. Uh, and Ovitz in many ways created a whole generation of people who sort of aspired to be like him and so became uh, art collectors uh, and all. I was Michael, is could... a, Michael is a wonderful collector. I mean, and, you know, I, it's not only uh, the the quality of the collection, but he's he's so uh, knowledgeable that you know it isn't you know a work or a great work by this artist. It's he really looks with a specific work for whatever reason it is that is important within his own collection. And so when you see it, it is really so impressive. And he did tell me this story once that's so funny. He said uh, when he first started collecting, I think he bought like a Picasso or something like that, and he had all these people over and Picasso on the wall and. 
I guess like nobody cared. <laughs> he was like, that's a Picasso. <laughs> but I mean, that, that was many, many, many years ago. You know, it's interesting you say that because I, I just being from Los Angeles and leaving for, you know, a good chunk of time and coming back, you know, LA is traditionally, you know, has been a one industry town for, for many, many years. And that's really what drove kind of so much, especially from the creative side, I would say, you know, uh, the creativity was coming out was really based on entertainment and film and, you know, TV and these things. And it's really not so anymore that the landscape has really changed. And, you know, as the city's grown culturally, it's also grown in, in that area too. You know, we have, you know, a lot of tech, we have a lot of finance, we have so many different industries and, it's not that the, you know, um, the entertainment industry isn't one of the largest ones, but it's one of the largest ones. It isn't the only one, you know, that, that really drives um, not only the wealth, but like what people are interested in out here. So I think that's also kind of seen a shift in from our, our, our standpoint on um, collecting art and who your collector is, you know, in, in, in the background that they have. And so what, you know, may, they may be interested in. Well, I guess that's what I was asking. It sort of feels like what it took for Los Angeles to break out as an art center was it not to be a company town anymore. I mean, it, it's always nice that there's a certain, you know, let's be honest, art collecting has a social competitive nature to, to it. There's always someone who wants to have as good or better an example of so, something as someone yeah. would consider a rival. Well, without that, where would we be? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, but if it's, if it's a one company town that somewhat limits the, the, the competition and having a, 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 a sure. more varied, uh, uh, economy and it certainly feels like those things coincide. Certainly, you know, Eli Broad, uh, you know, comes from real estate and then the insurance in industries. Uh, obviously, uh, Getty is a, an important figure uh, out there in terms figure. of mu museums and all, and Norton Simon. So it's not like there haven't been other uh, uh, people in it, but sort of creating that critical mass where lots of people want to participate in, in, in this seems to have been one of those pieces. Yeah, I think it is that. It is It is really um, the kind of range and depth of collectors, which has really grown so much over the last 20 years, I'd say. Um, we've always had great collectors here, as you said, you know, but um, it's the number and and the amount of people who are interested and are collecting has really kind of ex exploded um, for the last. I mean, that's really why you know that's really why I'm 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 in the position that I'm in now, and uh, why Christie's was so you know uh, behind opening up a building here and really making such a larger footprint. I mean, this is our largest office outside of New York, you know, in the U.S., and it's such a big focus for us because of the number of uh, interested people, you know, who are buying and collecting. And, and the collections that are that are sitting here. So how does that work? Is the emphasis on using that space as a place to, you know, now there's almost a standard tour of the major artworks, right? They go to Hong Kong, they go to London, oh, yeah. they go to New York, they go to Los Angeles, they might go to Shanghai, you know, there might be a few other places yeah. in there, but, you know, uh, Los Angeles is increasingly um, uh, a, a necessary stop uh, on the tour, but I assume that's only a small portion of it. Those are the, the big uh, uh, right. attention getting ones, but you've got a big space and, and you do a fair amount of programming. Yeah, we have a really big space and it's also, it's a unique space within the company because it is a straight gallery space. Um, we don't hold auctions here. We have, the, the gallery is beautiful. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it, but you should come in. It was designed by Kulapat Yansarazad uh, of uh, Y2. He worked for Tato Ando for many, many years and 
Um, it's really a, a special space. And, and the reason it was built was not only just to do these tours that you're talking about, which feed our, our auction calendar, but I think the need out here, particularly because our buyers and clients here are so different, you know, in nature, which is very much why, you know, I'm here, you know, at Christie's is, you know, there's such an importance on being part of the community, about having like a dialogue and a voice and, um, you know, really kind of being part of the fabric and not being just a commercial entity, you know, or service entity out there. And to that point, you know, we built the gallery to do a lot of different things, you know, partnerships, um, exhibitions, um, you know, different engagement with the community, uh, whether it's with our institutional partners or you know, even just getting more people interested in art, you know, there, there aren't that many centers of education out there. So if you're a new collector, or if you're interested in something and you don't have access, I mean, you can, some people do, and, you know, I certainly did this, just take yourself to the galleries and start seeing things, but sometimes you need a little help. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think that was really the goal, you know, the, the arts education as well. And, you know, it's changed so much even after and through the pandemic. I mean, we had, you know, a, a very good year last year. It was one of our, our biggest years in the last 10 years. And um, one of the major components of that was private sales. So we are an auction business, but, you know, we did 1.7 billion in private sales last year, which is, it is up over 100% from 2019 to give you an idea. Huge of, number. It's a big number. But I, mean, I guess the idea is is that, you know, you have to understand that people who are now involved in, in, in the arts, who are buying, collecting, looking, um, interested all across different categories in, in 20th century, um, but even in, in the other categories, whether it's imps or American paintings or, you know, um, other areas, they're not, they're looking for different ways of engaging, you know, and it can, and you, we see that in the whole NFT space and these, these new digital spaces that, 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 um, have been proliferated over the last year or so, but maybe it isn't a straight auction. Maybe they, you know, they, there's a comfort level with auction, with private sale, with exhibitions, with digital sales, all purely online sales. We haven't seen, you know, um, you know, we always thought that, you know, you had to do a live auction. You don't, you really don't. It's really interesting how um, collectors have really, you know, changed. I, I mean, I do think that it, it has helped these last few years that um, people have a fair amount of price information and there's uh, enough sort of knowledge and comfort out there that it's easier to make a private sale when you hear a number and you think it's a reasonable one rather than having to guess, um, um, is, is this a good deal or am I a sucker in this? And if you know that... That's the, also something that's changed so much is the amount of information out there. You know, um, it used to be such as, like I said, when, when I started 20 years ago, there were five galleries in LA, you know, um, and, and they were great ones, but there were very few. There's so much out there now and everything's on the internet. You know, you can really just, you can see a show in another city without actually seeing it, you know, and there is something to be said for the experience of standing in front of a work or walking around it or whatever it is. But you, there's so much information out there that you can, and even from price databases and stuff, you can make a decision, you know, like you said, based on a lot of different factors that weren't available to you, say, 10 that, years that, ago. That brings up something very interesting that, um, you know, that, that has to, all that has to be part of a conversation. And you mentioned earlier that you could go to, uh, you know, 20 years ago, you could go to a gallery opening and the artists would be there, the collectors would uh, be there, sort of the community was there and visible. Certainly the last two years with the um, uh, pandemic, uh, a lot Very of that's different. been shut down. But even before that, it feels like, you know, there's been a lot more art talk outside of what used to be traditional art spaces. And 
I don't. I guess what I'm asking is, what's the collecting culture like there? Where do people compare notes on either things that they've bought or interested in bought or, or want to? You know, we know some of that is now taking place on Instagram. Instagram isn't really built for that, but it is sort of the way that people share things and see what you know either their their friends or peers or rivals are are doing or or what they want everyone else to know that they're doing. Right. But I assume, I mean, I assume that at dinner parties people talk about you know things that they're interested in all, but are there other places within, and maybe it's dinner parties and, and, and those sorts of social events, but I'm sort of curious, you know, you have specialists and business getters out, out, yeah. out there. One um, part of their job is not just to stand in the office and wait for someone to, to talk to them about these things, but to go out and, and, and speak to people. So I'm curious what, 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 where it happens in LA. Well, I think in LA, it, we are kind of back open you know, and it's, it's been, you know, I think we have the benefit of good weather and uh, not a lot of closed spaces. And so we certainly had our tough times during the pandemic, but um, I think we fared much better than some places like perhaps New York, where it was very, very uh, dark <laughs> at times. And so, you know, I, I do think that the groups are smaller, but people are still congregating together. And they really, I will say, you know, we, we opened a show um, in the middle of the uh, I won't say in the middle of the pandemic, but it was kind of last spring and we were kind of concerned if anybody was going to come or, you know, whatever it was. And I just think people were so excited to stand in front of art again and, and have that dialogue. And the groups are smaller, but it's happening more often. And so um, I don't think that 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 where the where the dialogue takes place has changed so much um, before, you know, the institutions are kind of back up and running and doing their programming. So that's been really quite nice, you know, and so there have been, you know, the usual places, you know, whether it's a, an opening or an institutional event or, uh, you know, even just, you know, gatherings in people's homes, which is, you know, really important. And that's an important point with Freeze coming up next week. It is a full schedule, you know, and people have been very, very generous about uh, doing collection visits for the different institutions and for Freeze. And, and, and so there's going to be a lot of gatherings, you know, in-person gatherings and, and opportunities to kind of talk about what's what's out there. So you did mentioned earlier that, you know, the private sales number is you know, twice what it was uh, a year or two ago and cer- certainly more than I think anyone uh, a few years ago would have imagined uh, private sales would, would be. What's the, the future for your office? Is it... Is it sort of expanding these different sort of categories? Is it, you know, bringing other things into uh, Los Angeles? I mean, you said you don't do live auctions, but, you know, is there a reason you can't do auctions in, in LA? No. I mean, you know, I, I, I never like to predict the future because it often doesn't go the way that it's supposed to or what I say. It's always safest not um, to predict. You never know. Um, so, yeah, you never know. We may be doing auctions in L.A. in the future. We may be doing a lot of different things. But I think when I look at what's going on today, I think the general line of it or the, the kind of pull of it hasn't changed. I think it's really looking at our community and our collectors out here and finding what's interesting and how we can be additive and you know, how we can kind of, uh, you know, bring in something from maybe another area. The, the benefit we, we uh, being a Christie's is that we're a global company. So we may be doing something super interesting in Asia and then want to try it out in L.A., or, you know, vice versa, or, or London. And, and so we can bring in things that are fresh and interesting um, that maybe nobody's doing here. And another thing that we really strive for is with these, we have an exhibition opening for Freeze, um, Cy Twombly, uh, Bryce Martin, um, 
Stanley Whitney and uh, Louise Fishman, who is a kind of lesser known woman artist that was working at the same time as these artists. And so it's nice to throw in that wild card. Maybe they, you know, people will know the first three names. They may not know the last name, but it really speaks to the work and it's, you know, of the same generation. And maybe we can shed a little bit of light of what was happening, you know, with some of the women in that area or different, different, you know, kind of scenarios like that. And I think that can be very additive to the community here. Are there other artists in LA who sort of are growing within um, the geographical area? They are. They are. And um, I, I wish I knew them all. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Um, when when I first started collecting, um, I got some very good advice from very, very good collectors here in L.A. who were kind of mentors. And they one of the things they said was, you know, collect in your generation because that's who you're going to really understand the most. So what's happened as I've grown is that uh, the art that I can really understand and speaks to me is, you know, artists who are more in mid-career. So I love going to see the young artists and, you know, um, seeing what's going on. But I have to be honest, like my eye isn't there because they're 20 years younger than me. And, you know, with the NFTs and these things coming in, like I see it. I see how interesting it is. I see that it's, it's, it's something, you know, but I think, um, you know, it, it's harder for me to make that call that you're talking about now than if you had asked me 20 years ago. Um, but they're certainly here. And I think the best place to really look for those are, you know, speaking, having these conversations with people who are collecting young artists and are seeing everything. You have to see everything, you know, just to understand, you know, where it falls into context and, you know, talking to different artists and who they find interesting that's kind of up and coming and the institutions and the curators, you know, they really, really have a, a pulse on it and, and kind of can see it through an art history lens. Um, so as, as a collector, I mean, those are the, your kind of go-tos. So as a collector, when you work in the, you, you were a collector before you worked in the art industry. Uh, sure. If I remember correctly, you were, you were trained as a lawyer, and I'm assuming you worked as a lawyer before you actually started working in the art world. I was a criminal prosecutor for the state of California, and uh, when I, Kamala Harris was AG when I left, who is now our vice president. So that's that's quite nice. So it's a it's a well, some people would say it's not such a leap from one world that's to true. the other, <laughs> but it is quite oh, a leap from. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> quite a leap. <laughs> it was quite a leap. I think uh, you know the 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 art space for me was it was such a space of passion and such a big one, and and the job was such a big one too. It was really hard to. Uh, kind of juggled both. And, and this was so beautiful because, you know, I could really put together two of the most, you know, um, kind of driving forces of, you know, my time and, you know, my life. And, and, and it's been very uh, successful and it's been a very, very good uh, fit, I think. So does it change your experience as a collector? You know, when you live above the shop, is it as important? You know, you see, you, I, I know you saw a lot of art, but you see a lot more art on a day-to-day -day ba basis than you did I do, when you were... but I will say it's different. It's different art. So, you know, uh, since we're a secondary, like auction is secondary business and even private sales is secondary business, we don't represent artists uh, primarily, obviously. And um, so by the time it comes to us, it's something that already has a market, you know, and so it isn't what we're talking about, that that young kind of uh, emerging artist, you know, and um, so, it, you know, my my the artists that I deal with or see more regularly on a regular basis, you know, it's kind of shifted into a, a kind of an older category, I would say, or a more established category would be a better way to say it. 
And um, I do miss kind of really seeing uh, the young things. And one day when I have more time, I will go back to that. Do you collect less, I'm assuming, because... The prices have shifted quite a bit in 20 years. (laughs) And that's something we can go into a lot of depth about. But I do remember you could buy something wonderful and great from an artist that was so interesting and, you know, kind of maybe two shows out of art school, a couple thousand dollars, you know, which is a lot of money still, you know, but um, it's far more expensive now. Um, I would say that. And so you have to be a little bit more cautious. Um, So, no, I bought quite a bit in the beginning, you know, whatever extra dollars we had went to art. But um, now I think because of where my eye is, you know, I certainly buy bigger things and um, a little more thoughtfulness because the collection is somewhat established already. So I'm trying to see what fits in as opposed to just buying whatever I like. Um, so it's a little bit different. My my, uh, I bought so a couple of young artists, you know, uh, I bought uh, Marley Freeman, who is a fine painter from uh, New York. And see what else have I gotten recently I got uh well I'm trying to I'm trying to convince my friend Calvin to give me a painting (laughs) and Calvin Marcus I think he's wonderful excellent painting but yeah no it shifted but you still collect the way you did before just because of the prices and all is maybe more of a considered or or because you have a lot of art there's there there are fewer places to 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 acquire but it's it's not fundamentally different from what you were doing say 10-15 years ago no, that's that's exactly right. I, I just think that the dollar amounts are so different now. And um, these lovely collectors also who kind of helped us out in the beginning also said, pick a number. And if it's below that number, just and you like it, just buy it. And But if it's above that number, then you have to kind of, you know, do a little research and make sure that it's something that you want to be buying. And so, um, yeah. So you kind of have to stick within those parameters. And in terms of clients, uh, you know, does that change the, the prices and all? Or, you know, are new people coming in who are eager to spend more money? Or is it still, you know, they need to get their feet under them and buy things that buy um, uh, emerging artists to get a feel for it? And then maybe their, um, you know, aspirations and tastes get, get to a higher price point? It, it depends. I, and I think it really depends on, on, on who you are and uh, what kind of person you are and, and, you know, where your comfort level is. I will say most of the clients that I deal with um, have very established collections already. And so they aren't starting from scratch. Um, so it's a very different uh, pace and a very different thing. Uh, starting from scratch uh, is, I can imagine, is quite daunting uh, right now in, in this in this space because there's just so much out there. You know, like I said, it was a much narrower world um, back then, which made it a little simpler in some ways. Um, but what's, I think, nice about it is that in this space where there is so much out there, you know, there's something for everybody. You know, something is going to speak to you. And in the end of the day, uh, values aside, which, you know, uh, I'm not saying it's not important, but the greatest gift and benefit of being an art collector is living. It's the pleasure you get from living with it every day, walking past it, the memory that you have of, you know, acquiring it or, you know, whatever stories that you have that kind of surround it. And so to have that gift of, of, of uh, collecting for more people, because there is more out there and more that could speak to you, it's really I couldn't agree more, and I do think that you know, uh, the value of art is a lot like real estate. That you know, people want to live in a home that's meaningful to to them. They also don't want to lose money on it. Those aren't necessarily you know. Maybe we'll have a rubber band effect in another five years, and we'll see everything going back to traditional. 
but you just don't know, I suppose is my point. And the ride and the trends and the, and the, and the differences, I mean, that's really what makes it really interesting. And, and I think it's, it's, um, LA is certainly, I want to say, uh, always kind of on the forefront of that, of what's, what's new and what's happening. And I, I feel like LA is the forefront. I mean, you can make it's, arguments about everything, but I certainly, you know, New York may still effectively act as the capital in terms of sales and something, sure. but it's certainly not. It's not the only place that the way it was before, or New York and London, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think those traditional uh, centers are the establishment, but, you know, um, the, what's pushing forward is everything that's out here, you know, and you see it. Every major gallery is opening a space in L.A. basically right now. <laughs> As we speak, <laughs> I mean, Hauser's been here for a while, but they're opening a second space. You know, you have Ace coming in, you have, you know, a lot of the younger galleries coming in as well. And it really is because um, not only is so much of the art, you know, being made here and, you know, they're, they're looking for that, you know, where it's going, just as we're speaking about that. Um, but it's also to reach the, the, the new collectors that are really coming out of the West. That is the perfect place to stop, Sonia. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us at the Artelligence Podcast, edited by Colin Ketchin, who also composed the original music. For more episodes, listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to download the LiveArt app or visit us at liveart.io. Please join us for the next episode of the Artelligence Podcast. We're looking forward to it.